0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs
1: shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
2: On a cold December night in 2019, the now infamous Carlos Ghosn left his Tokyo apartment around 6.30 p.m., and joined two men at a nearby hotel. The three men took a bullet train from Shinagawa to Osaka and arrived at a hotel near the Kansai International Airport just after 8 p.m. A few hours later, two men left the hotel carrying several large containers, including an audio equipment box that was later determined to be too big to fit inside the x-ray machine at Kansai Airport. The two men boarded a Bombardier Global Express private jet and took off at 11.10 p.m heading towards Turkey. Within an hour of the plane landing, a separate private jet took off for Beirut. And then Carlos Ghosn, a former titan of global car industry, was free. But why did it go down like this? Forbes once called Ghosn the hardest working man in the brutally competitive global car business. Japanese referred to him as 7-Eleven, because he would work very hard from early in the morning till late at night. There was even a popular manga comic about his life, and his face had been printed on both Lebanese postage stamps and Japanese restaurant bento boxes. So how did a man nicknamed mister Fixit and listed as one of Fortune's top 10 most powerful international business leaders end up on the run from the law? Today on Pass Gas, it's the epic rise and fall of Carlos Ghosn.
3: podcast
1: podcast it's about cars it's not about ports. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a Tokyo
2: apartment yeah what would you mm-hmm. put in it my butt your butt in the couch just a lawn a lawn chair
1: one of those like kneeling chairs you remember those weird kneeling chairs from the 90s where you're leaning forward
2: oh yeah I'm glad that didn't catch on because that sounds awful
1: yeah that hurt my knees for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: they had spikes on them. Oh. Do people still turn their chair around backwards in like a bid to look like a bad boy?
1: Speaking of bad
3: boys, the vi- I'm recording at the Donut Studio today, and the vibes around here are surreal. We have 10, 10 Vin Diesel lookalikes of varying authenticity
2: <laughs> uh, in the
3: office today, uh, by the time this podcast airs this will already have happened but we're doing a live event next week with 10 Vin Diesel lookalikes. 2 of them look a lot like Vin Diesel. <laughs> 8 of them don't but they're they're all bald. One of them is 70, must be 70 <laughs> years old. <laughs>
1: I mean like three Vin Diesels would be funny, but I can't even imagine ten. Well it's
3: funny it's funny you say that, Joe, because we started with three. Like we were like <laughs> that was that was the joke I pitched I was like, all right, and now here's three Vin Diesels saying family one hundred times. That's a funny bit. And then over the last uh two weeks during while we were developing this, this thing, it became ten Vin Diesels. And now the title of the live show is We Hired Ten Vin Diesels. And the whole thing is about Vin Diesel, basically.
1: You should get them to flip a car over,
3: <laughs> dude. We should have them flip the Jetta.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do we have a forklift yet?
2: No. Keep an eye on the on the on the old one because he we don't want to have him get a hernia or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be bad press. Yeah, it'd be bad. Welcome to past gas, everybody. <laughs> uh this is not a Vin Diesel show uh every show is a Vin Diesel (laughs) show although I wish it was I do wish it was a man is return to
3: the franchise brother
2: (laughs) (laughs) um I'm your host Nolan Sykes joined as always by my two co-hosts we got James Pumphrey Toot, toot, baby, baby, toot, toot. Uh, and then we got Joe Weber. Joe's back from Ireland. I'm back. Wink, wink, nation,
1: rejoice. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Guys, I'm calling upon Wink, Wink, nation to keep it juiced today because I'm very low on energy. I am jet-lagged as hell. I've been up since 3 in the morning because I couldn't sleep. Uh, so I call upon you to harness the energy of Wink, Wink, nation, and funnel it into me. Yeah, we need a Captain Planet Joe <laughs> today. Yeah. What's that? I'm like Immortan Joe of Wank, Wank Nation. <laughs> I heard you got diarrhea in a castle. Yeah. Beard. <laughs> I won't dwell on that though. I'll talk about the cool <laughs> stuff. The Irish car scene is cool as hell. There's a, a ton of AE86s, and I saw, you know, how you, you drive around Los Angeles and see like takeover spots in the middle of an intersection yeah. with just, you know, donut marks. There was like the smaller version of that because their roads are so so small, but I did go on like the equivalent of an Irish uh, tuge, which was just this tiny little mountain road. And I saw some, some one had been drifting on it and I was like, damn. A
3: tiny little mountain road. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the tuge, the tiny little mountain road.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man.
1: I love Irish people, and I I am counting the days till I can go back. I'm pretty sure I'm Irish. Oh, I bet you got some in you.
3: Yeah, it's because uh, I'm so red. <laughs> 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 and I love whiskey. <laughs> A I, tiny. And my <laughs> my accent is just like built in, like you know, it's so
1: authentic. A tiny little mountain road. We our our in- entry into like the. The accent, because obviously we were doing bits the whole time. Was traveling with some comedians. We did the accent a, a fair bit and our entry into it. When you're like can't remember how to do it, is you go t tatar tatar. That's all you got to do, and then you're in it.
3: T tatar tatar.
2: Nailed it.
1: If I do a
3: Jamaican accent or a, a, ca- a Canadian accent, yeah. I got to be real careful not to just become Irish. Yes. Don't you know? Don't you know? You go down below and then you're all, all of a sudden you're Irish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Jamaican quickly morphs into Scottish for me. Uh-huh. Be a can.
2: That's the classic right there.
3: I think Harris Whittles made that up.
2: All right. Let's get into the story today. Carlos Ghosn, the disgraced former executive of Nissan and reno carlos garon was born on march 9, 1954 in porto velo brazil to a lebanese national jorge and his wife rose the two uh the family moved back to lebanon but then fled back to brazil in 1975 at the outbreak of the lebanese civil war and jorge became a diamond trader or trafficker and dabbled in the airline industry More interestingly, he was convicted of murdering a priest in Lebanon in 1960. What? And spent more than a decade behind bars in the 60s and 70s. Sounds like a chill guy.
3: You remember when he killed the priest? Oh, don't
1: bring it up. It's
3: Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was in the past. What, are we going to dwell on everything?
3: It's in the past. It's been years
1: since he killed that priest. (laughs) <laughs> what about nike in their slave labor huh <laughs>
3: you wear you wear nikes
2: <laughs> life in brazil wasn't easy for the Gone family when carlos was about two years old he drank unsanitary water and became very very ill his mother was advised by the doctor to take him to a more temperate region so he and his mother moved to rio de janeiro Though he got a little bit better, he didn't fully recover, so his mother and father decided it was time for him to return to Lebanon. As Goen himself explained in his autobiography, Shift, Inside Nissan's Historic Revival, quote,
3: My family settled into a pattern typical of the Lebanese diaspora. My mother, sister, and I returned to Lebanon when my father shuttled between Brazil and Lebanon.
2: Ghosn then completed secondary school in Lebanon, then went to Paris. He graduated as an engineer in 1978 and secured a job at Michelin, which was Europe's largest tire maker. Ghosn spent 18 years at Michelin, climbing the ranks from plant manager to head of research and development for the company's industrial tire division to to COO of Michelin's South American operations, which put himself and his new wife Rita back in Rio de Janeiro. That branch of the company wasn't doing too hot, so Goen was tasked with turning it around. He succeeded in just two years and was appointed president and COO of Michelin North America in 1989. Wow. The following year, Ghosn was promoted again to CEO and presided over the restructuring of the company after Uniroyal Goodrich Tire purchased it.
1: Fast tracker.
3: Yeah, he went all the way from just like watering plants as the plant manager, right to CEO,
2: <laughs> he was misting plants with a little spray bottle. Right, mm-hmm. Guys,
1: I don't think that's what they mean
2: by plant right. manager. Using, using a little dripper thing to you give need it plant food. To manage yeah. these plants.
1: Well, he was he was uh All the plants were in tires.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Like uh
3: like an like a New York playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, girl, you got a booty like a New York playground. In 1996, Goan left Michelin to become the executive vice president of Renault in charge of purchasing advanced research, engineering and development, powertrain operations, and manufacturing.
1: That's a lot of stuff.
3: That's a lot of stuff. It's so much stuff that, yeah, it's so much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But if that wasn't enough stuff, he was also in charge of Renault's South American division. Over the course of 1997, Ghosn restructured the company, greatly increasing its profitability. And by 1999, he helped form the Renault-Nissan Alliance, believing in the alliance so much that Renault purchased a 36.8 stake in Nissan.
1: Well, a lot of what he was doing to restructure was just laying people off, closing factories. And so he got kind of a bad reputation for... I can't remember what his other nicknames were, but they were like to the tune of like Terminator or something like he just comes but in man. and shot shot. button
2: man. I can see that like a guy f- comes in and just lays a bunch of people off. Yeah.
1: And I'm not talking about good
2: Terminators. It's like George
3: <laughs> Clooney in uh, that movie where he flies around up in the air. Yeah. He's a button man. You know what a button man is?
1: No, it's a button man.
3: Button man's a guy who comes in and fires you.
1: Oh, yes. I do remember that, yeah.
3: My dad was a was a button man at one point. Really? Your dad yeah. was? Yeah. Yeah, he'd go in and fire people. Whoa. Yeah.
1: I don't, you know, I, I feel weird firing people. Uh, our producer Thomas just texted us, Lacoste Killer was one of Carlos's... Nicknames. He is, is
3: that because he's French? Le cost killer. Le
1: cost killer.
3: What is the Cost beyond the alligator brand?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So he's first he's dealing with plants. Now he's dealing with polos. Yeah. What? <laughs> and
3: little alligator things. <laughs> well, what does the Cost mean in French?
1: No, just like cost killer. Cost
3: killer. Oh. I thought you said Lacoste Killer.
1: It is Le Cost Killer. But <laughs> oh, it's, the, because yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. the. Yeah, Lacoste
3: Killer. Oh, yes. It's in yeah. France. Well, yes. it's killer is in English, so you can understand my confusion.
1: Yeah, I get I get the confusion.
3: Also, guys, because this is just an audio format, I can dress like myself, so the audience can't see me right now, but I'm head to toe. Lacoste. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing my Sparys. <laughs> I got a cable knit around my shoulders.
1: I'm wearing tires around me, like the Michelin. I know. Man. It's
3: what are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> While maintaining his 50 jobs at Renault and four kids at home, Goen joined Nissan as COO in 1999, July. <laughs> Uh, he then became president in June, 2000 and was named CEO in June, 2001. This dude moves quick. Like this is like really impressive.
1: Yeah. I think it's the eyebrows. People look at his eyebrows and they're like, I don't want to mess with this guy. You just have my job. Take my job. (laughs) He's got
2: the look where it's like, oh yeah, that guy could not be anything else besides a CEO.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's in charge. Yeah. He looks well, in charge. If you got called to his office, if he was our boss, that'd be some scary. He'd be a scary man. That's intimidating.
1: I would be that man's human footstool if he asked me to.
2: <laughs> okay, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but
1: <laughs> you'd have to.
2: The brows. <laughs> yeah,
1: if he asks you.
3: So when Goen joined uh, in 1999, Nissan had debt totaling more than twenty billion dollars. Twenty billion dollars. And only three of its forty-six models sold in Japan were generating profit.
2: 46 models?
3: Oh dude. (laughs) That's a What the hell? That's a good Saturday, dude. (laughs) Uh, 46 models making profits sounds like a pool party at Dan Blazarian's house. (laughs) Guns Nissan revival plan, uh, in quotes, announced October 1999, called for a return to profitability by the year 2000 and 50% reduction of the current debt level, as well as a profit margin in excess of 4.5% of sales by the end of 2002. He promised to resign if the goals were not met, which would probably make some Nissan workers happy. His plan called for cutting 21,000 jobs, 14% of the total workforce, shutting down five Japanese plants and auctioning off prized assets like the aerospace unit. Ghosn also spearheaded dramatic corporate culture changes at Nissan and a limited seniority-based and age-based promotion, a staple of Japanese culture. Then he changed the official company language from Japanese to English.
2: Mmm, Dude. Mm. I bet hmm. this did not go over well. I don't think so. I don't think so. I could see I could see, uh, a changing in the tide.
3: Yeah, dude. Can you imagine you're working at Nissan like for like 30 years, and all of a sudden this French dude, Brazilian Lebanese dude comes in?
1: Yeah. You're putting hubcaps on a Nissan Rogue. Yeah, and he's like,
3: <laughs> you don't get your promotion.
1: Yeah. You don't get anything. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bonjour.
3: <laughs> In one year, Nissan's consolidated net profit after tax climbed to $2.7 billion from a loss of $6.46 billion the year before.
2: That's an, that, that's an, that's incredible.
3: It's a $9 billion turnaround. Over. 12 months into Ghosn's three-year turnaround plan, Nissan returned to profitability, and by three years... And by three years, it was one of the industry's most profitable automakers with operating margins above 9%, twice the industry average. Therefore, the goals of the Nissan revival plan were achieved before March 2002, a full nine months before Ghosn's self-imposed deadline.
2: It's the eyebrows. It's the eyebrows. We got to grow out our eyebrows, boys. You
3: cut your eyebrows?
2: (laughs) I don't cut them myself, but I've noticed that when I go to my uh, my barber, she. You uh, mean
3: when your barber comes to you, you rich yeah, person?
2: That's right. She comes to the office. Nolan
3: Nolan got his haircut at the office the other day.
2: Really? It's yeah. convenient. Well, yeah, no, of, of course yeah. it is. Rich, <laughs>
1: Richie, rich. Yeah, she, man.
2: She she goes around the the she goes around the city. I was on her way. Okay. I usually go to her house. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's not act like this is something that it isn't. All right. Yeah. Normally she goes to your boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: just why you have such a horrible haircut all the time.
2: She
3: trims my eyebrows. I've noticed there's an Airbnb right now in, in LA. That's a, a yacht. Yeah. I'm thinking about going to stay on it this weekend.
2: Wow, that's I should. Cool. My uncle lived on a boat for a very long time. <laughs> we'll get back to more past guests. But right now, a word from our sponsors.
0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: But the Nissan revival plan was only the beginning. Next on Gone's insanely ambitious docket was the Nissan 180. A three-year plan for growth based on the numbers 1, 8, and 0. By the end of spring 2005, Ghosn wanted Nissan to achieve an operating margin of at least 8% and reduce its debt to zero. Then, by September 2005, Nissan would aim to increase its global sales by 1 million vehicles. And as you might be able to guess, these goals were reached and absolutely crushed. In the spring of 2003, Nissan announced that their debt was eliminated in 2002. In 2003, Nissan's operating margin jumped to 11.1%, and by October 2005, Nissan announced that its annual sales from September 2004 to 2005 were more than 3.67 million. By May 2005, Ghosn was named president and CEO of Renault, becoming the first person to run two companies on the Fortune Global 500 simultaneously. Wow.
1: He's like that when Jean-Claude Van Damme did that Volvo ad and he did the splits between the two (laughs) trucks. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Aside from a divorce in 2012 and general killing it corporate style write-ups, 2005 through 2016 were relatively quiet for Ghosn. So let's jump ahead 11 years to Mitsubishi. In October 2016, Nissan acquired a controlling 34% stake in that company. And Ghosn, in addition to his Renault and Nissan posts, became chairman of Mitsubishi because I guess he didn't have enough jobs.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the plan was to rehabilitate the automaker after a scandal involving fuel economy misrepresentation and falling revenues. The partnership uh, would include development for electric cars for Mitsubishi, something Nissan was excelling at after the introduction of the Nissan LEAF in 2010. And the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi Alliance, or Runum would create the <laughs> world's fourth largest auto group after Toyota, Volkswagen Auto Group, and General Motors. Shortly thereafter in 2017, Ghosn stepped down as Renault's CEO, but kept his chairman post. Perhaps he wanted to spend more time with his new bride, whom he had married at a Marie Antoinette-themed event at Versailles in 2016. That's so lavish, I can't decide if it's like so sick or just the lamest thing I've ever it's heard. It's pretty lame, I think.
2: Just to give a little context for that Mitsubishi thing, the scandal over there was that all their uh, small K cars over there in Japan like got really horrible fuel mileage, and they, covered, they like, lied about it for, for 20 years. And they had had actually had two separate fuel mile scandals where it's like, okay we got caught the first time in like the mid 80s. We won't do it again. And then 15 years goes by and they they get caught. On November 19th, 2018, Tokyo District prosecutors arrested Ghosn upon his reentry into Japan aboard a private jet that had come from Lebanon for questioning over allegations of false accounting. That same day, Gone's top aide, Greg Kelly, a Nissan director and former head of human resources, was also arrested. And Nissan's chief executive, Hirota Sakawa, announced at a press conference that Gone had been dismissed from Nissan's board and would be stripped of executive rights. According to Sakawa, Gone and Kelly had both underreported their compensation, a violation of securities law, and used company assets for personal investments. Doesn't sound good, does it, gentlemen? no the company didn't provide exact numbers but the japanese media claimed that nissan was paying around 18 million dollars for homes in rio beirut paris and amsterdam and that Gon charged family vacations to the company big deal the purchases of some of these residences and the payment of expenses were handled by a shell company zai a capital bv which was set up by Kelly to make venture investments at the beginning of 2010, around the same time Ghosn divorced his first wife and began his relationship with his second. In addition, to avoid reporting the full amount of his compensation, Ghosn also had Kelly structure complicated deferred payment plans that went unreported under disclosure rules that Nissan's auditors didn't sign off on, totaling around $80 million. Allegedly. Allegedly. Gone was detained on November 19th at the Tokyo Detention House. Tokyo Detention House sounds like... Dude, their third
1: album is so good.
3: Tokyo (laughs) Detention House sounds like uh, an album from like Japan droids or something.
2: Yeah. At this this, uh, detention center, you could be legally detained for up to 23 days without any charges being filed against you. According to Ghosn himself, in an exclusive interview with the BBC, he was given prison clothes and confined to a cell. Quote,
3: All of a sudden, I had to learn to live without the watch, without the computer, without the telephone, without the news, without the pen, without anything.
2: Charges were eventually filed on December 10th, along with allegations for additional charges that restarted a 10-day holding period without bail. At this point, Nissan took control of two of Ghosn's six private residences in Rio de Janeiro and Beirut and changed the locks. The Ghosn family had to sue for access to their own home.
1: I cannot get to my Rogue. I need my Nissan Rogue. How am I going to go to the ships? <laughs> <laughs> my Murano convertible. Is locked away. <laughs> I
3: need to go see my Nissan C7DZ.
2: Okay, so, like, what did the Goan family drive, right? I was thinking that. I think an Armada. Apparently, he loves the
3: Pajero. Oh, uh, what? Okay. Well, an Armada is a Pajero.
2: Wait, it, really? Is it? No. Or what's, no. The,
1: what's the one now? Montero Pajero.
2: Patrol. Patrol. He loved the Nissan Patrol.
3: Yeah, he loved the Nissan Patrol.
2: So he probably rolled around in a patrol. He
3: like helped develop the patrol. On December 21st, the very day his 10-day holding period ended, Gone was rearrested on suspicion of shifting personal losses of $16.6 million to Nissan, allegedly related to a personal swap contract, in October 2008. <laughs> During the financial crisis... The introduction of these charges presented Ghosn's release on bail later that same day because the new charges permitted an additional 10 to 20 days of incarceration prior to a bail hearing. The new charges alleged that in return for a personal letter of credit from Sheikh Khalid Al Jufali, the vice chairman of one of Saudi Arabia's largest conglomerates and majority owner of Nissan Golf, Nissan indirectly paid $14.7 million from an internal discretionary fund known as the CEO Reserve to a wholly owned Jufali company in four installments between 2009 and 2012. Although, the internal documentation did not specify the ultimate recipient, all signs pointed to Ghosn.
2: So that's a little confusing, but what it sounds like is Ghosn now has probably $14.7 million worth of credit from this shake. but he used Nissan's money instead of his own, right? To like buy this credit. So that's not good. <laughs> that's not a good look, but the the, the documents do not say who the credit would be for right so there's still that's a bit nebulous but because it came from the CEO fund it's most Uh likely Carlos Ghosn allegedly allegedly
3: on January 8th 2019 Ghosn made his first public appearance to proclaim his innocence that same day his bid to be released from prison was rejected it's crazy that a guy this rich can't get out of jail you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. in America this dude would be out in like
2: three days this guy would never even go to jail that the government would go to jail because he was offended by them, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: By January 11th, Goan's imprisonment was set to end, but he once again received additional charges, aggravated breach of trust and understating his income, which would extend his stay in jail for months before a trial could take place. Two days later, on January 13th, Nissan's investigation allegedly found that Ghosn had paid himself an undisclosed $8 million from a joint venture owned by Nissan and Mitsubishi that was set up in 2017, without the knowledge of either company's directors, simply because Ghosn had the sole authority to dispense cash from the venture. Meanwhile, Ghosn is still technically Renault's CEO, despite getting fired from Nissan. Originally, the French government and Renault believed Ghosn to be innocent until proven guilty. But on January 16th, France's financial minister stated that Renault may need to hire a new CEO due to Ghosn's continued incarceration. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We may need to hire a new host for uh, the D-list and up to speed because James continues to be in jail.
2: (laughs) And France owns a bit of uh, Renault. Like the government. A lot of it, right? The financial minister can make this statement, so enough for that to happen. Yeah.
3: Renault also worried that Nissan would take the chance to reshape the alliance's balance of power. Ghosn eventually resigned as chairman and CEO of Renault on January 24th. Ghosn appealed his denial of bail and offered to meet greater restrictions and higher guarantees of appearance in return for his release, including wearing an ankle bracelet and posting his Nissan stock as collateral. Meanwhile, his wife, Carol, published a letter she wrote to Human Rights Watch about his detainment. Despite their efforts, the Tokyo District Court again denied bail on January 24th, 2019. This is crazy, dude.
2: I think there's something we have to address about the Japanese legal system is that it's way different from ours. I was
1: waiting to read it and I uh, we didn't hit it yet.
2: They have an extremely
3: high conviction rate. It's like
1: 90%. 99.4% conviction rate. They don't put forth charges unless they know they're gonna win the case. So like hmm. if it's frivolous, they're not even gonna charge you.
2: That's how they have that, that's how they can get such a high conviction rate is that they pretty much have you dead to rights because they know that they're gonna they have a rock solid case. Yes. Interesting.
1: As uh Donut's unofficial legal counsel, I concur.
3: By January thirtieth, more than two months after his initial arrest, Gon claimed his charges were plot and treason by executives of Nissan who opposed the relationship with Renault and a future plan that was in the works to integrate Nissan, Mitsubishi and Renault leaks to the media also reported that Ghosn had planned to call a vote to fire Nissan CEO, uh, Saikawa and reinstate Kelly who had semi retired to the U S in 2015 to active service at a scheduled board meeting that would have occurred just after his initial arrest. By mid February, Gone's lead counsel, Montanari Atsuru, stepped down and was replaced by Junichiro Hiranaka, who has a record of success in a number of high profile cases. Fortunately for him, Gone's new legal team was significantly more successful in getting Gone what he wanted.
2: And what he wanted was to get out of jail. <laughs> Ghosn was finally granted bail, set at $9 million in March 2019 under his new legal team. The terms were intense. Goan was not allowed to travel abroad and had to remain at a given address under 24-hour camera surveillance with no internet access. He was released on March 6, 2019, about four months after his initial arrest. Then a little, Then, a little over a month later, on April 3rd, Gone tweeted that he was, quote, ready to tell the truth and would hold a press conference on April 11th. The Japanese government was like, absolutely not, bruh. And he got arrested for a fourth time that same day. Oh, man. Supposedly over new suspicions of financial misconduct concerning alleged dealings over Oman, the country. Oh, man. Oman. Oman. Goon released a statement claiming the arrest was outrageous and arbitrary.
1: I mean, that's a little suspicious, just that they're like, have all these charges ready to go in case he post yeah. leaves, and they're like, oh, wait, but then there's this one. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's crazy that they keep incarcerating him.
1: Yeah.
2: On April 8th, Nissan shareholders voted to remove Ghosn from the board, as well as his right hand, Greg Kelly, and opted to appoint Renault chairman Jean-Dominique Senard as a director. The next day, Gone released a YouTube video where he proclaimed himself, quote,
3: Innocent of all the accusations that came around these charges that are all biased, taken out of context, twisted in a way to paint a personage of greed and a personage of dictatorship.
2: Gone wasn't released from prison until April 22nd, 2019, when he was placed under house arrest. One of the stipulations of this house arrest? He wasn't allowed to have contact with his wife for four months. That's insane, dude. Why? That's yeah. like.
3: Someone was like, You can't talk to Nolan. Watch. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Things did not get better for Ghosn. In June of 2019, Renault uncovered 11 million euros of questionable expenses by Gone during an internal audit, and the French state decided to investigate his actions. And then two months later, Carol appealed to President Macron on behalf of her husband to plead his case with the Japanese leader, Shinzo Abe at the 45th G7 summit. It did not work. Then, in September of 2019, Ghosn settled with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission over claims that he failed to disclose more than $140 million in pay from Nissan. He was fined $1 million, while Nissan was fined $15 million, and Greg Kelly $100,000. Although he neither admitted nor denied the SEC's charges... Gone accepted a 10-year ban from serving as an officer or director of a public company. Yeah, it seems like small potatoes right now. <laughs> it's kind of falling apart right now for old Gony.
3: We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. And this brings us to our opening in Ghosn's escape to Beirut in a box. Ghosn left his Tokyo apartment around 6.30 p.m. on December 29, 2019 and joined two men at a nearby hotel. His reason for doing so? The team he hired to extract him from Tokyo noticed that Japanese security would follow Ghosn nearly everywhere except into hotels. The three then took a bullet train to Osaka and dropped into another hotel near Kansai Airport just after 8 p.m. A few hours later, the two men left the hotel carrying a suspiciously large audio equipment box with GONE folded up inside. <laughs>
2: uh, it's like a Home Alone movie.
3: Yeah. He later said, when you get in the box, you don't think about the past. You don't think about the future. You just think about that moment. You are not afraid. You don't have any emotion except the a huge concentration on this is your chance. You can't miss it. If you miss it, you are going to pay with your life, with the life of a hostage in Japan. The only things I do miss is the box. (laughs) I have called the guys and said, hey, uh, maybe... You send me the box back, uh, and they don't respond to my texts. According to Ghosn, the plan was I could not show my face, so I have to be hidden somewhere, and the only way I could be hidden was to be in the box or be in a luggage so nobody could see me, nobody could recognize me, and the plan could work. He then said the idea of using a large box that would normally contain musical instruments was... The most logical one, particularly that around this time, there were a lot of concerts in Japan.
1: (laughs) Tiesto was doing his tour that year, and
2: (laughs) I'm a big fan. I just, okay, so they they chose a box because it wasn't, you know, it couldn't be scanned. So, like, the security people just didn't open it up at all. Well, it's a private jet. Oh, that's right. So, like,
3: I don't know if you guys have ever flown on a private jet, but I have. Um... Okay. Wow. Yeah. I've, wow. Yeah. I mean, I have, so I can kind of like speak to this because I, mm-hmm. you know, I, have. I've flown on a private jet, unlike you, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. dirty people.
1: Yeah. But were you the <laughs> steward? Were you the flight attendant? Oh,
2: burn, dude. Freaking burn, dude. I was the toilet licker. <laughs>
1: oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you were on Dan Bilzerian's plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When
3: I, when I used to work for Dan Bilzerian as his toilet liquor. Yeah. <laughs> But on private jets, like I didn't even uh, have to go through security.
1: Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
3: So that's pretty. So security's way different when it's just you and your friends, because they're like, I don't care. Yeah, Kill things are pilot. different.
2: Structures of society are different when you have a lot of money. Yeah,
3: like when you are working for Dan Blazarian, you get treated different. <laughs> yeah, you get treated. <laughs> different. You lick a lot of toilets, <laughs> and you get a lot of scars inside and out. All in all, Gone was in the box for an hour and a half From Japan to Turkey and then finally to Beirut Gone later confirmed his escape through a statement by his press rep in New York Claiming he would no longer be held hostage by a rigged Japanese justice system Where guilt is presumed, discrimination is rampant And basic human rights are denied Hey man Yeah I'm with him
2: after going Shawshank Redemption billionaire style, a Tokyo court granted a request by Japanese prosecutors to revoke Ghosn's bail. Unfortunately for Japan, though, this is totally useless. Although Japan and Lebanon are both members of Interpol, there's no extradition agreement between the two, and Interpol issued a red notice for Gone's arrest, and Japanese authorities raided Ghosn's Tokyo apartment to search for evidence. Ghosn held his first press conference, After his daring escape on January 8th, 2020, in which he claimed he fled injustice and political persecution and then described his imprisonment conditions, pleaded innocence and named Nissan executives who plotted his demise. I remember this. The next day, a Lebanese prosecutor imposed a travel ban on Ghosn and his lawyers quit. By January 30th, arrest warrants were issued by Japanese prosecutors that claim the escape operation was orchestrated by former United States Army Special Forces operator Michael Taylor, a private security contractor with extensive contracts in Lebanon. The warrant also claims that Michael was assisted by his son, Peter Maxwell Taylor, and a third American, George Antoine Zayek. Michael and Peter Taylor were arrested on May 20th, and on October 30th, the U.S. agreed to extradite the Taylors to Japan. In June of 2021, Michael and Peter Taylor pled guilty in Tokyo in helping Gon escape from Japan. The Taylors apologized to the Japanese, and it was found that they were paid more than $1 million from a Parisian bank account related to Gon in form of bank transfers and Bitcoin payments. Michael was sentenced to two years imprisonment, and his son received 20 months. All right, not too long.
1: 20 months is a lot.
2: I was expecting a lot worse on account of like how bad the Japanese government wants to get gone. you know. Back to 2020, on February 12th, Nissan launched a $90 million lawsuit against Gone for alleged corrupt actions. This was probably a good move on their part because later that month, Japan's financial regulators fined Nissan $22 million for underreporting the pay of former chairman Gone and other executives for years. Maybe they could use some of that $90 million if they can ever take Gone to court. And as of now, Gone is still technically on the run, but that doesn't mean he's been out of the spotlight. At the end of September, he released his latest book about his experiences titled Broken Alliances, Inside the Rise and Fall of a Global Automotive Empire. It involves Japanese and French politics, a scathing rebuke of the Japanese judicial system, and most importantly for Gone, Quote, addresses the reasons behind Nissan's internal coup and questions about the chairman's remuneration, his management methods, and his vision for the future of the auto industry to understand what has happened and what could still happen tomorrow.
3: The Japanese judicial system seems corrupt and punishing enough that Ghosn's wild escape makes much more sense than we expected when we started this research and started making videos about this. The man was held without a trial and refused bail for four months. Bad enough treatment that the United Nations Human Rights Group called for Ghosn to receive compensation and other reparations from the Japanese government. Did he run the second he was able to? Is he guilty of the crimes that he's been charged with? Maybe. It does seem highly suspect that Ghosn had planned to fire Nissan's CEO Sakawa and replace him with his co-patriot in corporate dark arts, Greg Kelly. We'll never know the entire story, but one thing's for certain. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Well said. Thanks, I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> it means that the crown is heavy, and you got a responsibility for being the boss.
2: All right, based on the research that we've done for previous videos and what we've talked about, how what level of guilt do you think uh, Carlos Ghosn, or how guilty do you think Carlos gone is?
1: Well, here's the thing. I... I have no doubt that he has psychopathic tendencies <laughs> as a lot of CEOs do
3: yeah you can't get that rich without being like kind of a dirtbag
1: yes and and i'm happy going on the record saying that i don't care if he sends his the goon 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 goons the after goon me goons? The goon goons yeah goon goons goon girls goon girls uh anyways <laughs> i think i think that he was just based off of like How he was charged makes me think that the Japanese uh, court was in cahoots with Nissan. And then also we didn't talk about the emails, the internal emails that they tried to stifle, which Uh, were very blatant. They were very blatant about trying to set him up and they destroyed the emails, but they, you know, that they went in and, and found them somewhere. So We didn't touch upon that, but I understand the writer probably has a point of view they want to get across, but I think that he was framed.
2: Well, I think it's, I think it can both be true that the, that Nissan and the government colluded and also that Gon did some shady stuff. I think those can both be true at the same time, but because there's so much noise in this case, now it's really turned into like a, who's telling less of the truth kind of thing. Agreed. And it's kind of murky. And at the end of the day, a rich guy is living in Lebanon.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not like he's a victim, but he's not really a victim. He's he's eating delicious caviar in his mansion.
3: In his mansion that Nissan bought.
1: Yeah, that's where uh, Zenku chicken's from. So maybe he's ha- having some Zenku. I love Zenku. Zanku is like crack. Now I am hungry.
2: All right, I think that's a good place to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we got to go get some chicken. Give me some freaking shawarma. But before we go, we've got one email from you guys. Uh this you can if you want to h- contact the show, hit us up at, pastgas at donutmedia.com. All right, here it goes. This is from Dylan. Hey guys, love the show. I would love to hear a podcast about the DTM-era cars of the 80s.
1: Ooh, okay.
2: The rivalry between BMW and Mercedes. I love old E30s and 190Es, but I don't know a ton about the history of the racing behind them. They were quite influential cars that formed the foundation for some killer cars that came after. Uh, I think that's definitely possible there. Dylan, we'll get... I think
3: that's a great job, Dylan. I think that's a great job, Dylan. Why don't Spot you... Spot on. Spot on, Dylan. It's kind of stuff that we like, okay? Okay. Um, we're going to do it. Okay? Uh, email us your address. We'll send you the check.
2: <laughs> JK. Yeah. So, but again... Thanks, Dylan.
3: That's a really good idea. I think uh, you might see that story in the future.
2: For sure. All right. If you want to hit us up, again, the address is donutmedia.com. All right. Follow my boys. You know,
1: wait, you know, before we get into the goodbyes, you know what we should do is if, if we choose to write a script based off of a suggestion we should send them stickers or like a shirt a shirt incentivize it incentivize it all right well I
3: want to incentivize although I love this suggestion Dylan and I want people to keep sending suggestions I want to incentivize just not requests you know I want to I want to say like hey give us some more insight
2: on yeah something. correct us I love being corrected yeah
3: I want to be corrected. I want to be... Tell us we're wrong. Correct me, daddy. Yeah. Yeah, correct us, daddies. That's right. Follow Nolan on uh, social media at Nolan J. Sykes. Follow Joe at Joe G. Weber. Follow me at James Pumphrey. Wink Wink Nation. Rejoice. We're 10,000 strong now.
1: Congrats to wink, wink, wink Nation. You guys are awesome. If you,
3: for some reason, haven't checked out our YouTube channel, check that out. We make videos almost every day. Uh, go to donutmedia.com. We release a new merch
2: item every week. I love you. Goodbye. Be kind.
1: And keep it juiced.